0: Uh, this was kind of weaponized to suppress voters on the Democratic side. Do you think that's a conspiracy theory or or do you think that there's some accuracy to that? Welcome to the Bootleg Like Jazz Podcast. I am your host, Q. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. This is our new reality. I know, right? Crazy, huh? We're going to talk about that and all that it affects. Today on the show, we have Tony Diaz from the show uh, Nuestra Palabra to join us and talk to us about what the mask order is, basics, um, how it has evolved, what that means for us in our day-to-day lives and politically speaking. Um, Tony, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Great to get the chat over Zoom. I'm gonna take my mask off. I am wearing it, but I'm safe because no one's around me. I'm here at my home office, so I'm not gonna get anyone sick, but happy to chat with you and stay in touch. And inform folks.
0: That's what's up, man. Thank you for doing this. Uh, this is the first time you've been on the show with us, huh?
1: My, my agent was begging to get on, and you said, no, you wouldn't take his call, so...
0: Well, I guess they must have went into the spam folder. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it, man. Hey, thank you Awesome. this is great. Um, so let's just jump right into it today. Um, so, uh, Monday... April uh, 27th, um, uh, some legislative action went into place uh, that encouraged and that um, made education, made the awareness of covering your nose and covering your mouth um, important, mandatory, call it what you want, here in the county of Houston, Harris County. This was done by Judge Hidalgo, Mayor Sylvester Turner, also joined in as well a lot of backlash happened um over the few days that it took for the you know the media circuits to get to it but for the common people to also learn about it and uh the the mayor himself said that the fine would not be something that was an automatic thing he said the goal was education right even judge hidalgo said when asked about the governor's um, switch of position said that it really doesn't change much. We, from every order before, was always about education, right? Same with Mayor Sylvester Turner. He said that, um, you know, maybe there's no citation, but there will be a lecture, there will be education, there will be a coming to. When we look at that, when we look at numbers, there's a lot of skepticism and a lot of people. So, Tony, I want to... Talk to you first. Uh, can you comment on just the mask order and coronavirus, COVID-19 in general?
1: I think the result is good because after Judge Hidalgo gave that mandate, you had every city council person distributing masks. Um, from my own experience, I've never seen as many people wearing the mask. And, and I'll be honest too, even with myself, my own household, we've been very careful we've been in the quarantine, but um, we haven't really been using masks until now. And we're like, okay, great, let's do that. Just because it had been up in the air. So I think like Judge Hidalgo had said, it got people to get the mask, got them to wear it. And even I've talked to my friends and family saying, you know what? It's not so we don't get sick, if so we get others sick. And especially with the fact that if if we if I have it, I probably don't have the symptoms and I could have it, you know? And we're not you and I are not in the high risk factor for age or poor health, maybe for some other facets. So I think that's a big deal. If we if we wanna start there, that's the logical side of it. That's that's all we can ask is for people to be careful. You know, that's, that's kind of where I'm approaching this for now. We can get a little more political later because it's not as easy
0: as that, is it? Yes, we totally agree. Um, one thing that was interesting for me was like the fine. Like, I understand kind of where you're coming from, but a thousand dollar fine while people are experiencing economic hardship. Unemployment is skyrocketing. Was a thousand dollars their form, a government form of price gouging, or was that some, I don't know, random you know price that they chose?
1: Well, let me put it this way. In Laredo, they were one of the first cities to have a mandate for mass. And they had about a $1,000 fine to begin with, and it went up because people weren't complying. So in that city, they were even more serious. I think here, and that's a smaller town, of course. Here in Houston, Harris County, um, $1,000 sounds sounds high. Honestly, th- think about this. Okay, now let's get political. Uh, we're in Harris County. Um, it's against the law to hire undocumented workers. There's a fine. In fact, employees can go to jail for it. If they do it bad enough, they're fines, etc. Guess what? Go to eat anywhere before COVID-19. You know, uh, every restaurant hires undocumented. Uh, construction sites hires undocumented. Go down the list. Um, if, if working class families need someone to take care for an elder, they can't afford a hospice, the higher undocumented. Is it against the law? Yep. Is there a penalty, be it fine, sanction, or prison time? Yes. There's still a whole underground underground market. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like the judge said, it's it's about education, and it's probably something where we're hoping people follow their best, you know, their best good graces, but may not. So yeah, $1,000 high, is that the real point of it or is it really to tell people trying to be serious? I kind of took it as the second. Um, we started talking about judge Hidalgo and and don't get me wrong, Q, you know, she's not perfect. You know, no, no elected official is perfect. Right. Right? So and the other thing I want to say too, is that, you know, um, it's up to us to critique all, all elected officials when it's time. However, it seems to me that the backlash was a lot from a lot of Republicans, especially Republican officials. And it blows my mind that in the midst of all this confusion and fear, they're gonna go after Nina Hidalgo, but not President Trump, because to me, part of the confusion and the fear is because our leader has said that we're in a war. I feel he hasn't given us enough clear support and clear directives. I think he's created a civil war where every state has its own rules. Every state's been competing for ventilators, PPE, uh, you know, uh, the masks, the swabs, everything. And that's the problem that puts Texans against Texans. Okay, the, the president leaves it up to the states. So now you got 50 rules, 50 different rules, right? And then the president says, follow your local leader. Well, which local leader? And you got the mayor, and his rule overlaps with Harris County judge, overlaps with the governor. So it's like, you know, if there is any chaos, I'm going to blame the leader at the top who who takes credit when things work and then spreads the blame when things can be pointed at him. So there is a lot of confusion and fear that's natural, but it doesn't help when the leader at the top isn't giving clear directives, wants to make us think that it's a wartime situation and he's our general that'll lead us there, but isn't leading intelligently. And he's saying things like, you know, he's got hunches, he wants to propose on science, and Q, he's telling people to inject like, I saw like, I mean, that doesn't help with information. That's of
0: course chaos. But there is something I did want to kind of press on as well. Um, and that was this idea of racial profiling, mask. Um, looking at the protests that have kind of happened across the country against stay-at-home orders, some people even call those protests extreme. Right? I don't believe that it's a conspiracy theory at all, or a stretch of imagination to think about how masks that being worn in public, what that looks like if states that are doing good then go back to step one and have to start over and have to go through masks. Like, what is that impact? So my question to you, Tony, is like, um, you know, let's, you know, assuming that we're not out of the, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19 cloud, if masks become sort of part of our everyday life for the rest of this calendar year, what impact do you think that has on black and um, Afro Latin X communities?
1: Which communities have diabetes and high blood pressure? Black and Latino, why? We're in food deserts, um, we're too busy working two, three jobs to put food on the table roof over our heads to have money to join a gym, let alone go to the gym. Um, you know, in in Mexican families, uh, elders are gonna wind up on prescriptions that are three to $400 a month to keep diabetes and hypertension at bay. Those are all the factors that put people into the high risk factor. This whole thing just has brought brought to the top all the racial implications in there. So yes, uh, there'll be more racial profi- profiling than before. Uh, yes, we will, uh, our community will suffer more because of these same uh, issues as well. Our job is to do what you're doing, what we're doing here. We gotta keep talking about it. Let me, let me add one other thing too. Um, right around this time is when you hear people say, don't talk about black, don't talk about Latin, make it all American. This is the exact time we need to be bringing up our experiences because we are American. The black experience is an American experience. A black neighborhood is America. So guess what? If something's going on in one part of town, we need to examine it, not overlook it, not ignore it, and not be bullied into not bringing it up because that's when things come to a bigger crisis. So I think this show is vital for that, and we need to talk about it will it cause conflict I think it actually diffuses conflict because if we don't bring this up our communities will keep getting hurt and right now guess what that means our community is going to die in higher numbers and that's just not tolerable
0: last question I promise Texas is going to reopen this week there's a different phases that we got to go through but the governor has you know said that this these steps can be taken and so forth yay or nay what do you think
1: Well, you know, uh, Governor Abbott may want to force us to be open for business, but I ain't open to buying just yet. So he can open, he can go and personally open every single movie theater and restaurant he likes. I tell you one thing, I personally am not eager to walk into a room full of strangers and... You know, we, people are arguing about wearing masks or not. People are saying, well, I'm wearing my mask to protect others. That doesn't protect me. So I don't know if the, when I walk in that restaurant, they're going to wear masks or not. I don't know if it's been cleaned or not. Do you think? Um, we need we need to get back to work. We don't want to starve to death, but we don't want to die either. So
0: there, there's been some people um, saying that maybe that uh, this was kind of weaponized to suppress voters on the Democratic side. Do you think that's a conspiracy theory or, th- or do you think that there's some accuracy to that?
1: Well, I think it's a good question to bring up to be careful just because we have with what happened in Wisconsin during the height of COVID where the Republican majority and uh, the Republican majority on the, on the Wisconsin Supreme Court overruled Policies passed that said that people either vote by mail or put off those uh, the elections that went on. And it appeared that Republicans wanted to force the vote because they wanted to keep a hold on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So with that as an example, it doesn't sound like a conspiracy theory. And I think you're going to have to have five shows on voter suppression, (laughs) but... I mean, unless we can... Well,
0: if you you come back, that's great. I'd love to. (laughs) And I'm sorry to cut him off, but what he was talking about was mailing in voting, uh, Wisconsin and so forth. Uh, Definitely do your research. Definitely look into it. Definitely read. There's time to do it. Um, Hey, Tony, thank you very much. Any last words?
1: Appreciate it. Congratulations on a great show. Love the work that you're doing. Look forward to working together. And I'm glad we can free Houston's imagination and the rest of America's imagination, too. Admiral,
0: gracias. Eso. Thank you very much. Uh, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, that is the amazing host of New Western Palabra on KPFT. I am your host of Bullet Like Jazz, the podcast. If these stories resonate with you, if you like them, if they are entertaining to you, please subscribe hit the like button turn on notifications and if there's something that you like comment and use the hashtag bllj thank you merci beaucoup muchas gracias